1: Welcome to Scrimshaw, no, Jack. So Top <laughs> Omaha.
0: No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop.
1: Ah, well, ooh. boy, you know. Hi, everybody. Jack's here. Allison's here with me. Hi.
0: I'm just doing my best. Uh,
1: yeah, I am too, and I've just got. I really. I, this isn't. This isn't like. I mean, I know. I do. I try to do some kind of bit to start every show. And, every.
0: Every. Every damn show. <laughs> In
2: this case, this is
1: this is a bit, and it's also a real thing. <laughs> Like, I've had heartburn, like, all day today. Oh, no. Like, really painful heartburn. Oh,
0: no. I don't
1: know why. Like, when I, like, you know, you get, like, that little sort of, like, bit of pressure in your chest, and then, like, it just sort of hangs there for an extra second, and, Uh uh-uh. I don't know. I might be dying.
0: What's the bit here?
1: There's no bit. I'm really just telling you where I'm oh, at right now. Oh, I I've thought had,
0: you said this was a bit I mean, and a true story. It, it's a
1: bit in just what I'm saying right now, but like I've had heartburn all
0: just day. Just because today. you're talking on a show doesn't mean everything you're saying is a bit. And of course it does. That's what shows are. I a don't show, ascribe to that.
1: A show is just a collection of bits. bits? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, our show is a collection of our personalities. A sentence
1: is a collection of words. Uh, A a pod is a group of dolphins. And a (laughs) show is a group (laughs) of bits. That's all it is.
0: Okay, I see what this is. Now it's a bit.
1: Well, now it is. Hashtag hashtag hot burrito. Hashtag
0: send us money. Hashtag Hashtag follow us, friend us, whatever us. Hashtag Jack could use some antacid. (laughs) Uh, What did you eat that got you heartburn? I don't know. I've had this all day. I really don't know. What did you eat for breakfast then?
1: I mean, breakfast is a term that doesn't really get thrown around during the week. Coffee? Yeah, but I always have coffee. Four cups of coffee? I always have coffee.
0: Four cups of coffee and a giant can of Sprite or something? I don't know.
1: Hi, folks. This is our podcast (laughs) where we talk to screenwriters about their scripts and also Jack's occasional gastrointestinal discomfort.
0: That's right. And speaking of heartburn, today's script is called Billy Baby by Isaac Neverla. It is a 14-page, oh, my God, dissolution to new solution, romantic. That's where the heart...
1: Hey-o. Burn
0: comes in, romantic tornado of a story, and then I have in parentheses and no more details, or else I'll ruin it.
1: Oh yeah, you texted Close parentheses. me that. Yeah, when we were reading yep. the script, you texted me what the description was, and you said, and I'm also and- going to say no more details <laughs> because I don't want to ruin the story. I
0: really don't because this whole oh my god dissolution and new solution romantic tornado of a story or hashtag heartburn is really <laughs> because I think just the fact that like you think one thing is happening in this story and yeah. then. The the not that the it's like it's set up so to be one thing and then that's not it at all.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a twist, but not in the like M Night Shyamalan sense or the you know the Alfred Hitchcock sense or anybody else that like has a what sort of twist to it. It's not like that, but there is a pivot moment in the script for sure.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Fool for Love by Sam Shepard. Have you ever read that? I don't believe so. It's just this really hot and heavy back-and-forth love story Uh between a couple, and the whole play is just this whole back-and-forth play. And so, of course, when we start talking to Isaac Neverla, our writer for the week, about the story, we'll really get to get into the characters and what this romance, dissolution, turn solution, turned what the fuck get to really talk about what's going on there
1: did Isaac uh, submit to us through film Freeway? he did he did he did and he can do that and you can do that too because we are back on film freeway taking your submissions uh so go on to film freeway.com uh look up script shop show and you can submit to the show uh if you somehow get a message to us or whatever and include the phrase hot burrito
0: mmm Mm. <laughs> Hashtag, we taught all of how to say, mmm.
1: Does she know the context of
0: mmm? Mm. Well, what is the context of mmm? As in, well, just food's like delicious. Yeah, something tastes good. Yeah, yeah. So if we're just making food and it's something that she decides she likes, she starts running into the kitchen or where everyone goes, mmm. That's Mm. so cute. It is pretty darn cute. Good grief. Mm. Cake, cookies, green beans. She loves green beans. Hot burritos. Hot burritos, mac and cheese. Mm.
1: Well, if you can get us the message hot burrito, that's a way of you letting us know that you listen to the show. And uh, then we will move your script up to the front of the line for consideration uh, to possibly be on with your friend Allison and Jack. (gasps)
0: Da, 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 da.
1: We're also on the internet. Uh, that's you know that because you're listening to us most what? likely over some kind of internet-enabled device. Ooh, what s-
0: if we're what still if working on a record
1: deal to get the show <laughs> pressed onto vinyl?
0: Right. What if somebody? What if there were two people sitting on a porch and one person had heard the show <laughs> and they're just retelling the episode to the other person on the show?
1: And then Jack said the he's having
0: heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> listen please it's not we, a funny bit <laughs> we want you to spread the word about the show if,
1: if you do find yourself sitting on a front porch somewhere you should start to tell someone about the show that you just listened to from us and why it was good and all of our most funny parts and why they should listen to it uh, and, but if you want to spread the word uh, maybe electronically e- yes exactly right you can uh, get onto Facebook, Instagram and Twitter Script Shop Show on any of those platforms find us, friend us, follow us we would love that uh, we're looking to grow and we need uh, listeners and, and, and internet followers and, and Rienes, such to do and that
0: and to do that so if you have Dollarini and dollar-roonies in your back pocket. I thought
1: it was and Buccaroonies. Well,
0: you know what? Language evolves, Jack. It
1: does. Mm-hmm.
0: So we got dollar... Maybe dollar-roonies and dollar-roonies are like uh, the European version of money. Okay, and sure. And buccarinis and buckaroonies are... That's the American, American- <laughs> The bucks. <laughs> 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 yeah. So if you got some of these... Uh, Reenies and Roonies, regardless of what country you're in, you can send those to us on patreon.com by looking us up, script shop show. We really do appreciate all of our patrons. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You handful of glorious, wonderful starfish that like to send us Reenies and Roonies. And
1: why wouldn't you want to somehow financially support this (laughs) brilliant cauldron of creativity that we bring to you every week? You're welcome. You're
0: welcome. So, Jack.
1: Without further ado.
0: Thank you. We, you do it.
1: Let's get Isaac Neverla on the line. Uh, hi, Isaac. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Just fine. Doing great, man. Where are you at?
2: Great. Um, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, currently. Yeah.
1: That's a, is that a Brooklyn accent that I detect?
2: Uh, maybe it's creeping in here. I've only been here for a few months. I used to be in, in uh, Manhattan, but maybe it's it's oh. creeping in already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the most New York City ish thing I've heard anybody say in a while. Uh, well, we'll hear this, yeah. sure maybe it's a brooklyn accent i just moved from manhattan a few months ago <laughs>
1: do you get your neighbors in brooklyn like detecting a manhattan accent and they're like oh we know uh, you're not from here
2: yeah they're they're definitely on to me i'm 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 gonna cover but you know I that laugh. <laughs> yeah. imposter syndrome is real
0: yeah <laughs> uh, you, you didn't grow up in new york did you
2: no i uh, actually grew up in new hampshire mm-hmm. um so you know, kind of from New England um originally, and I've been in New York for about two and a half years now
0: what what took you out to new york new york city
2: um to pursue an acting career which I am still pursuing um but obviously you know as part of that, I'm also writing and directing uh, for the screen as well so you know acting brought me here, and I've kind of transitioned into a bunch of different aspects of the uh of the industry
0: acting took you to New York as in like jobs or a show and not as in like I'm gonna make this choice. I'm making a new choice for my life. Which which one are you in?
2: It was a choice for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a big move. Um I was at the University of Rhode Island for a semester um before I decided that this was what I really wanted to pursue. And uh I decided to make the move then. So I moved here in the in the summer of uh twenty seventeen.
0: You left school?
2: I did, I did left school. Cool. I, I did leave school, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did Sounds like you might have specifically left during an English class. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: apparently I did.
0: What were you studying when you were at school?
2: I was studying communications.
0: And you were like, fuck this. I'm going to be.
2: I mean, it oh, is good. it is communications. That's, that's, what, like, that's what you
0: say uh, if you leave, right? I would dip
1: out on that. Yeah, I don't blame you. I was, mine was telecommunications, which is in no way any better.
2: Okay, got it. Yeah, it, it, was, some, it was something along those lines. Yeah, <laughs> something along those lines.
0: Um, did your parents support you or have they been like, uh... Isaac, we wish you'd get a job at a temp agency in new york <laughs>
2: <laughs> um no actually they've been they've been great um I've two older brothers who are pursuing a, a music career as well, so um kind of the creative you know pursuit exists with our family, and you know they're older, so I think my parents kind of got used to the idea that we wouldn't be spending a lot of our time doing a lot of conventional things mm-hmm. um so they've been really supportive all the way through, and it's been really, really great.
0: Oh, that is really, really nice. Yeah.
2: You're, are you, your
1: parents uh, artistic types
2: also? Uh, no. My my dad's a lawyer, and uh, my mom was actually like in massage therapy and kind of existed in that in the health realm. So nothing really creative came from them. We kind of – I don't know where it came from, but it's here I guess. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So you were saying that because you are also a performer, you're dipping your toes into writing and directing, et cetera. When when did you start writing? When did you start screenwriting?
2: Um, Screenwriting, seriously, was uh, between when I had moved to New York and when I had left school because um, I finished out the fall slash winter semester. So I left school right before Christmas break. Um, And I was living in New Hampshire before I moved to New York. And so there was this like four or five month period where, you know, I was commuting to Boston for student film auditions and doing some of those things. And it wasn't as frequent. So kind of to get myself into it, kind of out of pure need, I started to write um, screenplays and just try to get more of an understanding of how it's different from, you know, a conventional short story or, you know, narrative form that you might write in school as an assignment or something like that. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, It was purely out of just like sheer interest and desire to be looking at you know, that type of font on a page and, like, getting into the character of it, whether I was writing it or whether I was going to be acting in that character as well.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of times I like to ask people, like, if if they maybe sort of had a writing thing about them, what is it about screenplays that sort of attracted them more than other forms of writing? But, I mean, for you, if you're coming into things from sort of an acting perspective, then it, I feel like it sort of makes sense to say, well, let me learn more about the construction of this thing that I want to be mm-hmm. involved in.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I think it's you know, informed me in how to, you know, approach an audition if I've just got a sample of, you know, the the writer's scene um, or whether it's a full script, you know, seeing necessarily what the writer intended, um, whether it's in beats or in dialogue um, and the type of action being described, all those things, I think, are very related to each other. And so it's definitely been impactful in that sense.
0: Do you write roles for yourself to perform?
2: Um I actually haven't ever, Um, and I have a lot of actor friends, and when I was sharing the script with them, getting some feedback, the the big question was a lot of, like, are you going to be in it? You know, are you planning on playing the character? And I, you know, would be like, well, did you read the character description, one, and then, two, I don't, I wasn't really interested in it. I really wanted to take a perspective of being the writer and being the storyteller from the from the other side of it rather than inhabiting it necessarily on set. Um, so I've yet to write anything actually for me. Um, but you know, maybe in the future, something like that will come up, but I'm really enjoying just the writing and directing aspect, um, from that side of it.
0: At yeah. The Have you, has there been anything that you've written that's gone like written to pr- produced as well? Cause you say the writer director piece of it. So I'm just curious where the directing piece plays in a lot for you as well.
2: Yeah. Um, well, this we actually we actually shot this um, this, this oh, script in in May at the end of May. So it's still in the post production process. We're trying to wrap it up before the new year so we can get it out um, into the festival circuit and start submitting. Um, but that was my directorial debut in the narrative sense um, with this short. So um, it, it was a great experience, and I knew that if this was going to be produced, uh, that I would want to direct it and not act in it as well so you know a lot of those things kind of inform the writing of it um taking a step back and looking at it from that perspective uh, post-production specifically meaning editing or so we have a picture lock right now we're just figuring out the sound um we're doing an original score for it and so those things are kind of just being
0: taken worked
2: on as we speak right. actually yeah. so yeah yeah
1: because in reading the script that you sent to us called Billy Baby about this this couple that's uh, not really in the midst of an argument, but they're sort of launching a plot. To uh, oh, I love it. to do this thing there's, there's, a, there's a lot of interpersonal issues between uh, the main character Billy and his girlfriend Sheena and just thinking about the, the the way that this story presents itself where you're in their apartment and I feel like there's a sense of maybe like cramped feelings and and when the tensions start to escalate over the course of the script I just when you mentioned post production I just sort of had a thought about the editing process on this and the, and the, and the way that you know those tight cuts and back and forth and the way the thing was shot is really going to play a role in. Sort of communicating the vibe and the emotion that you really want to get as far as what this this couple's going through.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, honestly, I originally was going – after we shot it, I was like, well, maybe I'll do a first cut myself and then I'll pass it on to somebody else. Um, And so I took some months off, just kind of wanted to breathe from the material for a minute. Um, and then when I was sitting down with it, I really felt like it was better to give it to a third party so that they could read the script and get an idea for it. And that's kind of been part of this whole process is just calling on the people that I know. Um, I've really discovered that your you know connections and your collaborators are much, you know it, it's a much wider field than maybe you might think it is because, you know, reaching out to people and asking them if they'd be willing to work on something that you and you know them, you know, you'll you'll be surprised how often people are, are interested. Um, and so I had a great editor, Tim Shelburne, who helped me out with this. Um, and he's kind of been right there with me as we kind of talk about exactly what you're talking about, where what shots are the most useful? How are we cutting? Um, and he's had, to, you know, pulled some of these tricks out of his own bag that I wouldn't even notice. And he said, hey... You know, I did this. This is why I did that. You know, and and it's it's really surprising. It's a very cool thing to have that level of trust and collaboration with somebody that also really understands the story that you're trying to tell.
0: Mm -hmm. So speaking of the story that you're trying to tell, this story of this uh, couple and their relationship kind of going off the rails in a really bizarre type of way what is this based on for you? Have you been in a relationship like this? Do you know people like this? What's the deal?
1: Yeah. At what point in your life were you plotting to steal back a cat?
0: With a gun.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's kind of it came from something a little bit more abstract. I think for me, um, it's more – I'm very curious about people that I don't necessarily get to associate or spend time with. So for me, there was kind of always this idea of like these people that – I experience that are kind of almost larger than life, but they're still based in reality Um, and wanting to get to know them more. And so that's kind of what spurred this on. And it was a lot of like staying up late and writing on sticky notes before I go to bed, like what, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do this, and then trying to sleep on it and like figure out what needed to happen. Um, So, you know, there's definitely some, you know, personal things in here uh, as far as like you know, you know there's, there's small things, but as far as these characters, it was really more of a, uh, an introspection on other people that I'm curious about. And I think that is kind of what drove the, uh, the progression of, of writing this. Well, in
0: terms of this like type of person, how would you describe them? Oh,
2: man. Um...
0: You could do it in casting if you want. Like, what If that's an easier example, how would you want to cast this person or is there a performer that you would like to cast in either of these roles?
2: Right. Um, you know, it, it, it had a sense of uh, – That's. it's honestly a hard question because now that we've casted it and we've shot it, I, the people that we cast are now them to me in, right. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I
0: understand that. Um,
2: they really stepped into the character and, you know, we auditioned over 120 people for the two roles um, in person. And so we really took our time and, you know – wanted to really see who was going to inhabit these characters. And it was evident, you know, for, for Sheena, the person that stepped in really, you know, got the sense of the dialogue and the pacing and how she spoke and how that was really influenced from the childhood and the type Mm -hmm. of life she probably has lived. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it, it obviously for her, it's something that is, you know, that's, that's her whole thing is how she can communicate with people and the way she has a way with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and for Billy, it's, you know, he's trying to navigate life himself. And so that's, you know, just kind of like this. I mean, you know, there's I don't know. I, I grew up watching a lot of like old film, like older films. And there's been a lot of influence from just kind of two characters with some differing, you know, personality traits and positions on life and how they interact with each other. Um, and so before, you know, the explosion started to be the mainstream thing and it was more about how these characters related to each other. Uh, that's kind of what influenced this, I think, a lot, too, was just seeing how two people interact in a space together right. um, and, and where that winds up.
0: So. I really do love the small moment story. You know, this story opens with a very small space, a bathroom and a very intimate moment, a woman trying to apply a fake eyelash. And so what you're immediately doing is setting this This physical parameter around the space that these two characters are going to interact in. Um, That kind of small setting story, small moment story where then you introduce a relationship and you just know this is actually going to be a metaphor for what the relationship is becoming is like so (laughs) exciting for me because you can just watch the different personalities kind of run into each other and go up in flames as opposed to there having to be some kind of external factor that would light the fuse itself.
2: Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I yeah, I mean and you know, that was something that you you have a sense in your head about how something's gonna look um when you're writing it and how it's gonna play out and then you have to kinda of balance that with what the reality is if you're gonna produce the actual thing that you write. Um and so, you know, I, I think you hit it right right on the head, which is, you know, she's
0: there's there's a sense of
2: struggle from <laughs> from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and how that influences the the rest of the story is you know it, it might be minuscule at you know in the grand scheme of it, but it's really it is kind of like a very small ticking fuse, I, I guess you could say. So yeah, I,
0: I really get this like raising Arizona couple sense, yeah, m- mashed up with almost a pulp fiction Tarantino perspective thing, where mm. you know you think the story is going to be Sheena. And then all of a sudden we have this like highlight moment where the story whoop becomes Billy. And in that sense, that. it's like you're, you know, in Pulp Fiction, all those perspectives change. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of this like scrappy, everyone needs to get by and get what they're working to achieve, raising Arizona type of yeah. relationship right. here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's something that I think everybody could relate to, too, is that. You know, there, there's always everybody has their own motivations for something. And I think that, you know, in, at whatever time, we're constantly trying to figure out how to communicate with people. Um, and there can be a lot that's lost and a lot that's gathered in those types of, you know, you know those types of uh, communications we have. Um, and in writing this, it was really just trying to examine based on the character of how they're communicating and where the things are falling short. And where they're really hitting for each other Um, and how these people can be so, so themselves, but also so tied up in the other person that it winds up going where, where it winds up going. Yeah,
1: so we do have uh, Billy and Sheena. This couple, they're uh, they're in their apartment. Uh, she's been in there putting on like a fake eyelash, and he comes home from work, and uh, immediately there's some conversation about what do you? I, I expected to hear a long time ago. We got to get going. What, right. what are you wearing? Yep. And it almost seems like they're maybe going out for the night. Right.
0: You don't know if it's a party, if it's a dinner, if it's. If this, is there a breakup coming? What's the deal?
1: Yeah, and there's and there's some there's like some growing tension between them, but it, it almost seems like it's based on something else. It's not really between them. There's just tension that's going on, and they, you know, as the conversation goes, uh, you come to find out that they're getting ready to go to her ex boyfriend's name, a guy named Roy,
0: recent ex, because there's a suitcase that plays yes, into this. That's right. So this is like a, a recent change.
1: It's a recent breakup, and she and Billy have not been together for very long, and they're going to run back over to her ex's place so she can steal back the cat mm-hmm. that she knows that this ex is going to kill if they don't get it out of there. Right. And, and that's it.
0: That's the crux of the beginning. And then what we <laughs> get is like pushing these people into – well, Jack, you continue on there because I love that – again, it's a small moment story. Let's go get cats.
1: Yeah, and and you start, and and Billy is, in in a lot of Billy's dialogue, and I imagine this must have been really uh, fun for the actor who was playing him. In a lot of Billy's dialogue, he's, you know, what he means to say isn't what he's actually saying out loud. And then he starts to hint at some of the things, Mm -hmm. talk about whether or not he's getting up, whether he's got some nerves about actually going to do this thing. And the idea also that it is such a new relationship and the way that maybe a certain person in a relationship is going to have maybe kid gloves with somebody else when – just by the nature of the fact that it is new. And Billy definitely seems like the kind of guy who's maybe a little bit nervous about the fact that this is such a new relationship. But then Isaac, it takes a big turn when Billy pulls out –
0: Da, 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 da. This
1: this this lumpy <laughs> towel, I believe, is how it's described.
0: <laughs> Let's not say it because it's in the reading.
1: I, oh, I thought you just That's meant fair. don't say lumpy towel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> gross. Should we just jump into? No, we got to continue setting it up a bit, don't yeah, we?
1: Yeah, I mean Isaac. What? I mean, you wrote this thing and it, been working on it for a while. Are there some big sort of broad strokes that we're leaving
2: out so far? Um, no, I think you've summed it up very well i wish i could take some notes on what you're saying so i so i got to <laughs> talk about this with other people but yeah no i i think you've uh, i think you really put it where it where it is at, at the moment yeah
0: well i do love to before we jump into our reading i i, I really appreciate in the script honestly the lack of description on the characters because the characters personalities mm-hmm. and the situation becomes revealed Throughout the dialogue, it really does. There are certain nuggets that just get dropped as it goes on. There are context clues that the characters drop where in the beginning you don't know what you're working with. It's yep. a blank canvas. Is this a breakup? Is this a party? What is it? Yeah. And as it, as it devolves, the characters themselves reveal information about who they are, what the relationship is, and what the situation is, which I, I think is very refreshing in terms of reading a screenplay itself.
2: Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was kind of the whole um, that was kind of the sense of it, too, because when you have, you know, just, you know, 10 to 15 pages to work with to kind of reveal these characters, you don't want to give it all just like here it is, you know, but you, you want to have it be a journey, I think. Right. And that kind of gives a, a very fulfilling sense to whether it's reading it or seeing it on a screen. Um, you really want to have the ability to, you know, give give a sense of uh, adventure or just a sense of entertainment and arc Uh, To the whole story. And so for me, it was it was, yeah, like, you know, bringing the audience in and then having them trust me that at some that it it will come out that, you know, the intentions and who these people are will come out like, like you said, yeah.
0: And listeners, um, so basically the first half of this story, we think it's going to be all about Sheena and Sheena's pressure to get what she wants. And then we get into the reading that we're going to do today where Sheena and Billy are mid-conversation, starting to argue a bit more. Billy's getting more and more anxiety about what's going to happen and are you ready to do our reading, yes. everybody? Yeah. Yes. Th- this, is, yeah. this is
1: the turn that we were talking about.
0: Yes, my, one of my favorite parts. So listeners, if you're following along, we're going to start at the bottom of page seven. I'm going to be reading for Sheena. Jack is going to be reading for Billy. Mm-hmm. And Isaac here is going to be doing our action headings. Because we are Frankless life. once again. And we are Frankless, of course. So, Isaac, if you're ready, you can go ahead and take it away.
2: Sheena stops mid-sentence. Billy has left the room. Sheena waits, curious as to where Billy's gone. There's the sound of things being moved around. Billy reappears carrying a dirty rag. It's slumpy and has a dead weight to it. Sheena looks at it expectantly. Billy pauses for a beat as he looks at Sheena as she waits expectantly and curious. Billy unwraps the rag from the object to reveal a revolver. It's large and its size speaks for its danger as it rests in Billy's hand. There's a long pause as Sheena looks between the gun and Billy, back to the gun, (laughs) then back to Billy.
0: Billy! Billy! What are you doing with that?
2: The night we met, that
1: night after Roy gave you those bruises at that bar way downtown. Remember the first thing you said to me that night? Billy waits for an acknowledgement.
0: Uh, Billy, I mean, we were drinking. I don't I don't really
1: Remember believe. what you said? You pulled up your suitcase. I didn't know what you were doing there looking like that, but then you sat next to me. And you remember what you said?
2: Sheena looks at Billy, uncertain but curious.
1: You said I ain't never going to let that fuck get away with doing this to me or anyone else again.
2: That's what you said. That's what I'm doing. Sheena considers Billy. There's a moment of silence as she waits for her response, eager.
0: (laughs) Billy, I was drinking. You were too. Put that thing away. You're being stupid.
1: Look, if I run into anyone when I'm in there, and if something's going to happen outside with you, well... I'll get the cat and then come out and deal with it for you.
0: Billy, you're acting stupid. I'm not. Yes. Yes, you are, Billy. If you go in there and start waving that thing around, you're going to make this a lot bigger than you want it to be. This ain't even your trouble to deal with.
1: But, Sheena, it's just like you said. This is how we go from surviving to living. The world will keep taking and beating us down unless we do something.
0: This is how we do that. What I said? (laughs) um, I'm not... Gonna sit outside and wait for the sound of you killing someone. Because you won't even know how or why before it's too late. I don't know why I was saying that type of stuff. I was drinking, and-
2: Sheena loses her sentence as she appears to have lost Billy. Billy is focused on the gun, bringing it up and pointing it, then back down again, rehearsing pointing at the wall, steady. I know why. Sheena looks at him, confused, and fear now etching itself on her face as she watches Billy. He pinches one eye shut and looks down the barrel. I got a plan, Sheena. Get into
1: the kitchen, just like you said. And if I see Roy or anyone else, I'm going to tell them exactly what to do. I'm going to say, don't take a fucking step. And if they take
2: one step... Billy remains in his imagination, still pointing the gun at the wall, imagining an enemy.
0: End scene. Man. I love it.
1: Great. Yeah. uh, So good. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Uh, uh, So, I mean, there is this moment and Billy is gearing himself up to uh have this be the hero g- well he thinks it's the hero he but this thinks is, he's the hero and th- and this is this he's is what love one of my favorite things about really good villains is that a lot of times yeah. really good villains think that they're doing the, the right, right thing.
0: thing well all, all he's Ritz. doing is going to get a cat right but this guy for some fucking reason decides he's gonna take a massive revolver yeah the size of it is enormous to this, to this big bruiser's house to grab the damn cat. And, of course, it's so much more than that because if you start thinking about where Billy's coming from, he's some dude selling cars all day long, stuck in a midlife crisis, for God's sake, or an early life crisis, mm-hmm. who's at a bar drinking his troubles away and this beautiful woman plops up wearing something sexy and she says, I've been going through this thing, I'm leaving this dude and he ain't ever going to do this to anybody again. She's got her suitcase, she moves right in with this sucker and now Billy's whole world is her and everything that he wants to live for now. Is her, and, and the, so he's going to take care of what she wants.
1: And and the parameters got defined right away. Where she, go? She she she's been in this abusive relationship, and I'm 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 locking onto you. And it's up to you to. We're not doing this anymore. And mm-hmm. he's he's. I feel like he's doing a terrible job of trying to live up to this set of parameters that that he's chosen to throw in on himself with. I think I think he's. This is this is the moment, Isaac. I think in the script when Billy's insecurity. Uh, gets fueled into more of this, like, dangerous, like, toxic masculinity thing, right? This is
0: how we go from surviving to living. This is, like, his moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: well, it's, you know, it's so exciting to hear you guys, you know, talk about it. And I think through this entire process, it's been really cool to, you know, see it from one step to another. And, you know, every time I hear it, I, you know, just get excited about it. So it's really cool to hear that, you know, perspective on it. And, um, yeah, it's 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 really kind of like sad in a lot of ways. Too. Oh, God. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you touched upon that, too, Jack, which was, you know, this element of there's so much about this person, you know, Sheena, who, you know, sets Billy off and, you know, is like kind of a dream come true in so right. many ways. And, you know, an element of saving grace, you know, he's 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 doing his thing. And she came in and it was like almost like it was meant to be. Um and now he's obviously acting the way he's acting, which is, you know, totally off kilter and, and not cool. Um,
0: but she's and, manipulative, too. You know, she's manipulative, manipulative, and this has gone one step too far. It's like she picked the sucker to lit, to move in with and mooch off of for a while, and this dude is just coming back at her with, like, this whole twisted sense of perspective.
2: Yes, exactly. and And in writing it, too, I really wanted to— play with the idea that both these characters can be, you know, have, you know, very intense motivations. Um, But also at the same time to have empathy, but have the empathy really be balanced by a sense of these characters, you know, they have their own things that they're dealing with. And Sheena and her ability to manipulate things is a way that she survived. And here is an element where it's really playing against her. Um, And at the same time, there's also, you know, there's a catch in that too, because you don't want it to be like, Oh, Sheena, like the person who's making Billy, Cr- you know, there's there. it's it was a very fine line that I wanted to, to play um, where these characters are both balanced um, in how they interact with each other. But also, you know, y- you have to be able to see what each one wants from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was. I would agree. That would be the, the turning point where where things start to head in a different direction.
0: <laughs> now, in terms of like a character study, because, you know, you quit communications to become a performer. And now as a performer, you're also writing, you're studying characters. Have people's personalities been something that you've just taken an interest in your whole life? You know, your dad's a lawyer, your mom's uh, a massage therapist both of those types of people work with other people and work intensely with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious if like
1: – And specifically knowing how to read people. Yeah. If you're arguing a case or working in law, knowing how what sort of interactions you're having with others and in terms of any sort of massage therapy or medical Understanding stuff. Understanding
0: why things show up physically the way yes. they do. I'm really curious if you've always been interested in people's personalities or maybe have taken like – some kind of subconscious interest in them, based off of how your parents spent their time.
2: Yeah, um, I think <laughs> I, I think it's pretty conscious um, at this point. I think uh, I think maybe when I was younger, I was well, you know, I'm it, you haven't met me or whatever, but I'm like a six foot three, two hundred pound. Very, I'm, I'm like a very. I played, you know, sports all through high school. And so there's this, I present this element of like, got it.
0: You're hot. <laughs> uh, well, I present this element of like,
2: I'm like a, Jack's um, leaving. I'm
0: good.
2: Well, I, I present this element of like, of kind of being a, a jock macho, whatever. And what my secret is kind of though, is that I'm an extremely sensitive person. Um, and so Every interaction for me means a lot, um, whether it's, you know, I just at the store or walking by someone on the street. And it took me a while just to be OK with that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really when I stepped into needing to be able to relate to people's, you know, to have that empathetic aspect um, as an actor and as a performer. Because, um, you know, I think in order to inhabit the character, you really have to feel for the character. Right. And. To have empathy for him and not be judgmental when you're inhabiting a character as, as an actor. Right. And so I think that was kind of a turning point, too, for myself was when I started to become okay with that. And I'm, I'm definitely still struggling with the idea of, like, being a sensitive person as much as I am and as being as vulnerable as I am. But I think that's where it really stems from. Mm-hmm. Um is that when I do walk into a room, I'm very aware of how everybody's interacting with each other and how they're interacting with me. And I'm kind of always taking notes. And I'm, and I'm probably going to think about it for like a while afterwards, mm-hmm. um, which can sometimes be a lot, but sometimes it's also great when you need to like draw on it. And I think maybe one of my coping mechanisms is to, you know, put them into into a story mm-hmm. and to combine them. And every time I ran into something in the story or whether it was plot or where the characters needed to wind up or how they were going to get there. I found that the, the solution a lot of the times was in delving more into the character. And so to see, you know, okay, well maybe where, where do they come from? Where where does Sheena come from? That's motivating her to do this and interact in this way. And then, going to Billy's side and saying, what does Billy have to say about that from where he's, he's from? Mm-hmm. And I found that that really helped jog, uh, you, know, the, you know, get the wheels moving again if I ever got hic- like a hiccup on something, was just to go to the character again and see, like, who are these people? Because they became very real to me. Right. Um, and I think that was one of the most important aspects of it.
1: Is there an element to, when, when you wrote the script, is there an element of, like, a warning to it? Like, like the idea that this story about this. You know this relationship that's clearly run into—it's uh, it, having a moment right now between the two of them, uh, because again he's got a gun, and, it, and from that scene that we were just in, it does escalate to where he's pointing the gun at her, and it's up to her to kind of talk him down, right, and make some promises that maybe she doesn't necessarily mean, but right. she's got a gun stuck in her face, and she's just trying she's to say anything. Yeah, she's just trying to de-escalate the situation. So I'm c- sort of curious if there's an element when you were writing the script of having it function as a warning, and 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 if so. So is it a warning for people like Sheena or is it a warning for people like Billy?
2: You know, I still in those moments where I wish I could take credit for something like that, but I uh, I don't think I can. I okay. think um, It's probably yeah, a warning I mean, I, for the ex-boyfriend. I, I, definitely you're saying. <laughs> I definitely get what you're saying, but I, I don't think that was a, a, a thought that I had, you know, in the in the conceiving of this. Um but you know that, and that's for the audience to take away too. You know, at, at whatever point this is viewed or you know seen, um, I'm all for the audience interpreting you know these these stories however they see you know fit and however they choose to relate to them too. Oh, yeah. So,
1: and, and you're talking yeah. also about uh, having a non-judgmental atmosphere as far as the way these characters were constructed. So, in terms of yeah, maybe not trying to overplay a warning against one or if right. for one or the other. Yeah, that I, I get
2: that. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely. I, I think that's yeah, that's that's the. Yeah, that that was definitely my intention at that point.
0: So you guys keep it You guys shot this, you cast this, you shot this. What was your production schedule like?
2: Um crazy. Uh as as most independent uh films are, but uh we shot for a weekend. Um mm-hmm. and I had the best people I could have asked for um again calling that calling in those favors and at the end of the day, too, though, the, the script was kind of the calling card for for the whole the whole film. Um, and it was able to get produced because I shared it with a friend who shared it with somebody else who said, I'm interested in getting involved. Um, and they were able to sign on as an executive producer. And then some people that some you know really talented uh, cinematographer friends of mine and their and their network were able to get onto it. And so we wound up shooting in a non air conditioned apartment in, you know, in the New York area for two days. And it was like, perfect. we were all sweating and it was just like, it was the most perfect thing for the film though. It, it really spoke to the truth of the film. and It was kind of one of those things you can only really hope to luck out with, you know, and in the moments kind of like, ah, but it really helped give the mood and set the scene for Mm -hmm. the actors to inherit the characters the way they were meant to be inherited. So, yeah.
1: That's great. That sounds like, I mean, so, and now, so you're in, you're in post, you're getting things uh, wrapped up. What's, uh, what's the plan uh, once, once this baby's uh, coming out of the oven?
2: Yeah, uh, just to submit to the festivals. You, hold on, Jack.
0: Um, is that where you think babies come from? Yeah,
1: you get you. you they, it's like it's <laughs> they like they come blue, out of
0: vaginas. It's like
1: no, it's like Blue Apron. <laughs> they you that you they come yeah. like it's frozen, and you you do a thing, and you put it in the oven like you know 425 for 37 oh, minutes. Oh man! And then you wait. Uh, you watch a TV show, and then it's that's over awesome.
0: Then. I would love to sign up for that baby <laughs> delivery program. Truly,
2: how do
1: you I have babies? Allison? Oh God.
2: Yeah, sounds like a great way to deliver a film too. Thirty minutes, twenty five. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's good. That's I got great. this. I got this figured out, y'all. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just you know, to uh, to submit to the to, you know, festivals, you know all all the all the big ones. I think the it's independent. Uh, c- c- the the independent film festival
0: most, <laughs> Oh, good! I undercut that joke, definitely. so I'm sorry about it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah,
2: most definitely. Uh, most definitely, it's uh, independent, and um, yeah, just just to get it out there and and try to share it with more people, um, and then to have a digital release as well once that whole process is um, is finished up.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting. Congrats for all of your hard work. We know what it takes to produce short films, and so you know, you're in, you're in the thick of it and that's awesome.
2: Yeah, that's great, man. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun.
0: So if somebody wants to get in touch with you about this piece or your uh, work as an actor or anything else that you might be working on, what's the best way for them to get in touch?
2: Uh, they can reach me at my website, which is, uh, Isaac And there's a submission form and that goes straight to my email. Um, uh, my personal email It's just a better way for me to organize everything. So Go to my website. Go to contact. That's the best way to get in, get in contact with me. Okay. And you uh,
1: you said six foot three, two, <laughs> 225. Is that what you said? <laughs> no, big, no, no, super no. no creepy. Not
2: <laughs> I, I think you added 25 pounds. <laughs> oh, Jack. sorry. He's a solid 200. <laughs> All right, just Take a, the belly off of
0: this figment. Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, yes, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, Isaac, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate everything that you've shared with us, especially in relationship to your kids characters character development and the story you've made here
2: of course thank you guys so much for having me i I really think it's great what you guys are doing sharing you know these scripts and getting getting so many talented people out there i think it's i think it's really awesome so thank you
1: how about isaac here all right yeah thanks man very much thanks for submitting thanks for coming on the show we really do appreciate it yeah of course all right all right. Well, there's Isaac. That was cool. That was cool.
0: I lo- You know I love this kind of story.
1: Well, and this, I mean, th- th- there's there's an element of this script that feels very much in the vein of uh, what yes. you wrote with Texican yep. uh, a year or two ago. Yeah,
0: and I, I just love romantic relationships. I love watching them fall apart. I love watching how miracu- miraculously they come back together. You know, it is sticky, sticky situations when you fall in love, and I just love exploring that. So this thing's right up my alley.
1: Folks, if you find yourself in a sticky situation, maybe in an alley, maybe somewhere else, and you've written a script about it, uh, you should send that script to com slash submit, or now we are taking your work again on film...
0: Wow. Wow.
1: FilmFreeway.com, You can submit. Uh, hey, the,
0: use your blinker! Oh my gosh, that was you because I know how much you hate it when people do not use their blinkers.
1: I do that. That makes me completely crazy.
0: It's not for you. It's for them. It
1: is. It's it's, it's selfish if you don't use your blinker. It's
0: true. It's total I think of that all the time now. Every time I use my blinker, I think, "Good, Jax, I'm doing Jack's the right good. thing. I'm,
1: yeah. I'm letting someone else yeah. know my plans. I'm a
0: much safer driver even on Film Freeway than I used to be, considering that I have a, a small. Hot in the back seat now.
1: Oh, it's not so much about baby on board so much as it is you need to psychologically make sure that my words are ringing true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yes, uh, please submit, please let your words ring true because we're always looking for great stories, compelling scripts, and really, really wonderful artists to bring on to the show.
1: You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are Script Shop Show on all those platforms. And on Twitter, Allison is at your bestie Westie.
0: And Jack is at Script Shop Jack.
1: Yes, please, find us. We'd love to uh, talk with you. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, spread the word. Please, leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts if you can. Tell a friend if you're sitting on the front porch. Uh, we would love all those things. Seriously, we're trying to grow the show and uh, we need your help. To do it
0: so friends thank you for being here thanks for sticking around through that interview and until next week that's a wrap
1: script shop was created by allison west hosted by allison west and jack crumley produced by frank Steele. thanks to iheart media cincinnati for use of their studio intro music retro soul by bensound.com outro music by purple-planet.com special thanks to all our guests thanks for listening